Hey everyone, my name is Sarah and this is Sarah and God's Time. I'm so glad that you came to join us again this week. So what I found this week was a passage that reminded me of rescues and heroes. And I'm not talking about the superpowers with the superheroes like Marvel or DC. And I know that there's a bit of a competition between the two. My personal favorite is the Marvel. I like Marvel much more than I like DC. And you'll have to share with me which one you like. I would really be interested to know how many people on here enjoy Marvel versus DC. But thinking of superheroes, and let's see if you can find my connection here. In Galatians 6, 1 and 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. So, from my thinking, from my perspective, whenever I was reading this, those who are godly are actually receiving special powers from God through the Holy Spirit in order to live a life of obedience to God. And as they live life in obedience to God, they are becoming what I will call ordinary heroes. Because these people are willing to live a sacrificial love. Now, also as I read this story, another thing came to mind. There was a, an old commercial a long time ago. And it, it talked about, it had two main characters in this little commercial skit. One of them was on dry land, and the other one was in the water, struggling to stay above water. Now, the main theme of this was, if you see somebody who is struggling in water, trying to keep their head above water, trying not to drown, the person who witnesses this should do something to help this person who is struggling. Now, in this commercial, it was talking about drug addiction. If you see a peer who is struggling with drug addiction, then you should go get, as another teen, you should go and get help so that that person doesn't continue to struggle. So, when it comes to dangers, such as this one, that we can clearly see, it makes the urgency clear too. If we don't do something when a person is drowning, then that person will eventually go under and die. The bystander will always have the memory of what he could have or should have done to help that person. And this is regardless of what kind of relationship that they, these two people had before the struggle and it's also regardless of how the person got into that dangerous situation to begin with. And I think that sometimes we miss the urgency 
whenever it comes to our spiritual walk. If we stand by and watch another person struggle with sin and we do nothing, then that person will eventually die spiritually, leading them to a life separate from God now and later. And this will also change them in a way that will cause them and those around them a lot of grief and struggle. And the bystander who did not help will feel the grief that comes with knowing that he could have done something, but didn't. So this is the danger of simply standing by and watching. But we know that we should do something to help whenever we see a person struggling. With great power comes great responsibility. The scripture says this. If another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And in our passage, the struggle isn't drowning by deadly waters, but it's drowning by sin, which is just as deadly. The temptation of sin could be anything. It could be unsafe sexual practices. It could be greedy acts. It could be unfaithfulness. It could be consuming anger or unforgiveness, jealousy. It could be anything that could cause the person to abandon the truth of God, damaging that person, the people around that person, or the relationships around that person. And any one of those practices, and I'm sure you could think of others, could lead to the spiritual death or separation from God if they are not attended to. In this passage, we recognize a friend who is already in the dangerous waters. They're already struggling with the sin that they are tempted by. This passage is saying that we should be willing and ready to help them escape this danger of drowning by the sin that is pulling them under. And this is truly a life or death situation, and we are called to step up and be the hero. However, we're also giving a warning. There should be protective measures taken with sin, just the same as there should be protective measures taken with the dangerous waters. Paul, the author of this letter, warns his readers and us alike not to be pulled into the same danger. He writes, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. And I would hope that we could all agree that something has to be done. And just watching without action would be wrong. But sticking with the analogy of water here, if we can't swim or save a person on our own, then we should find someone who can help or do this in a way that's also safe for us so that we don't go under as well. We would need a sort of spiritual life preserver. So what are the alternative? What are the alternatives? What are the ways that we can save people and keep ourselves safe? What can we do instead of standing by and doing nothing? Or taking the dangerous dives into waters when we can't swim or when we would be unable to save a person with our own strength or ability. What are those steps? One of the good things that we have going for us as believers is that we can always take a moment and get the professional help of the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit will guide us to actions in either seeking other professionals, such as mature Christians or professional Christian psychologists or the like. Or the Holy Spirit will guide us to help the person with the skills that God has already given us. Here's an example of a danger that I found myself in. So I was in the danger of just discontentment. I was going to be unhappy in this, in this scenario here. Well, in this situation, because it actually did happen. So not too long ago, I noticed that as I was listening to people who would come to me to share with me all of this hardship that they were dealing with, all of the struggles, I would notice that I would become frustrated alongside them. And I would almost forget where God was in their lives and in my life in that moment. Because I would recognize later on, I'd go, oh, I did kind of forget where it was that God was whenever I was in that situation. As I would think back about how things happened and what was going on. And so I started taking steps to keep myself from going under in that dangerous situation. I started to take moments throughout the conversations, before the conversations even started, during the conversations as I needed to, and then after the conversations, I would take and pray specifically that I would be willing to stay with God throughout the whole conversation and not lose sight of him. And this is something that I had always done. Sometimes you kind of fall away from typical practices that you have in situations but I started taking moments to pray. Bef I mean, I had already taken moments to pray before and after, but I started taking moments in the conversations that I was having as I needed to. And I would stop and I would remind myself of what God has already done for all of us, how he has provided for us in the past, and how valuable and loved we are by him. This is more than positive thinking. It was including him in the conversation intentionally and asking for help as I needed it. It was taking the truths of God and using the powerful message that God has given us to ground ourselves in the truth, even in the struggle. And as I refocused my attention back onto Christ, giving him all of my frustration and allowing him to speak to me in each moment of those conversations, I was taking precautions. In other words, in pausing and thinking through the truths of God that we know, we are putting life jackets on ourselves. And as we talk to God in prayer, we are contacting the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit, the professional, to assist us and others who are in danger. And the Holy Spirit can guide our thoughts, actions, and words as we move to pull ourselves out or rescue others who find that they are in the dangerous waters of sin, too. This not only allows us to help the person drowning, but it also keeps us from going under as well. 
It does no good for the person we are trying to help if we can't be in a safe place too. If we see a person drowning, but we can't swim, at least not on our own, then we need to get other help. And all of us will always need the guidance and the help of the Holy Spirit. So I also noted in this scripture, it says that you who are godly, he's basically saying you who know the truth, even a little bit, use it. Use what you have to gently and humbly help that person. In order to do this better, we should prepare ourselves before the danger is even upon us. How much easier would it have been for that person, that teen who was struggling in the water, if they wouldn't have gotten into the water to begin with. Sometimes that's not always the case, though. Sometimes that's not always what happens. We make mistakes. All of us do. And I, I'm one of them. I make a lot of mistakes. Or how much easier would it have been if they just knew that there was a life jacket, they knew they couldn't swim, and so they put a life jacket on. Because they had some reason to go in. I don't know what that reason would have been, but they had some reason to go in. Now the rescuer, rescuer could have had a life jacket there or a preserver to help that person if they couldn't get into the water themselves. But how much easier would it have been for the person trying to rescue the person struggling in the water if they already had the life jacket or the life preserver on hand? Well, in order to do this better, we should be prepared before the danger is even upon us. Other places of the, talk, uh, of the Bible talk about the importance of being prepared. The preparation that we would need to be helpful in this type of situation would require us to train ourselves in the ways of the Lord. And ideally, we would do this before we are actually in any danger. This preparation might include knowing the truths of God by studying the Bible and taking time to talk with God so that we're not deceived. We should also be honest about who we are and our own weaknesses. Again, if we see somebody drowning in a particular sin, but we can't swim in that sin to help them get out, then it would do neither of us any good for us to go and try to help them. At least not jumping in. We would need to go seek other help. And we should also build relationships with those around us in such a way that we can watch out for them as they watch out for us. Is the buddy system. We need to be in relationship with other people. Not only so that they can help us or so that we can help them, but because that's who we are. That's who we're created to be. We're created by a relational God to be in relationship with God and those around us. So to sum all of this up, most people are fans of stories where someone seemingly ordinary becomes a hero because they act in a way that saves a life. We as believers are actually called by God to be a hero. 
And all of us are. All of us are called to be heroes in this way. We should prepare ourselves for the dangerous waters of sin before they are upon us by knowing the truths of God. (sighs) That's an important one. Be prepared. Then we can trust ourselves in the guidance of the Holy Spirit to direct our steps when we do recognize sin in our lives and in the lives of those around us. We can trust ourselves because we know who we are in the sight of God. We know that we need God's help. And God will always be there to guide us and help us. These steps will always, always, always be ones that are in alignment with the scripture. And this scripture just said, we should gently and humbly help the person back onto the right path. That's important because (sighs) gentleness and humbleness, that means that there is no place during or after the rescue for any kind of haughty or I told you so attitude. Because we are just as much at risk of falling into sin as those around us are. And we are all in need of God's saving grace. Every single one of us. (laughs) But we should gently and humbly help the person back onto the right path and we should be careful not to fall into the same temptation ourselves. These are really important. And we know that God will be with us, guiding, directing, and helping us as we take these steps in obedience to God to keep ourselves safe and to save the lives of those around us when the time comes for us to act. And all of this, in all of this, the reward that we receive isn't public. It's not, in a lot of cases, a public thing. We don't usually receive some kind of honor or reward in the sight of the people around us. Usually, the reward that we receive is much greater. It's a reward that we receive because we know that we did what it was that God called us to do. That is the reward that we receive. And it is much greater than any kind of reward that any human can give us. So that is all I have for you today. I hope that this was helpful for you. I hope that it was inspiring. I hope that this message was one that will spark curiosity. And I hope that it will guide you back to the Bible and prayer. So that is everything that I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining this week. I hope this message was really helpful for you. And if it was, please go back and read Galatians. Go read up on what all it is that this book has to tell you. And I hope that you have a great week. And I look forward to seeing you again next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye.